Good evening from Plug Kid Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 523 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for Sunday, March 10th, 2019. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Philadelphia is staying in the present. EA is skipping their presentation. And Disney is releasing their past. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, on any of our syndicated platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, myriad of other places like TuneIn Radio or Spotify, um, on any of our live stream platforms like Livestream.com, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, uh, Twitch, Mixer, or for some reason Periscope is not working tonight, um, but normally it is, uh, or of course on our website, PluggitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, there are two ways to do that. The first is live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, and there you can chat with us in the chat rooms as we talk about our topics. Uh, we always appreciate it. And again, normally we would also be on Periscope, but for some reason they're not working tonight. It is what it is. Um, but if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can also uh, subscribe, like I said, on uh, Apple and Google and Podcast Play and a bunch of other places. All you have to do is go to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe, and there you can see uh, all of our shows and all of the different ways that you can subscribe. Um, with that, I think that's the spiel. Abram, how have you been this week? <sighs> Busy busy <laughs> very busy yeah uh you know lots going on lots going on at our office um you know but uh overall the most exciting news is probably in front of us rather than than behind i mean we you know didn't have a lot of exciting new new announcements coming because we're kind of in that period after um ces Uh and before computex and after mwc where there's not going to be a lot of new new stuff announced although some of the things that were announced at ces will will start to roll out and we'll be able to see them so you know we could make an argument about (laughs) uh you know whether this is a great time for news or a poor time but it's a time (laughs) <laughs> it's a time it it sure is uh oh my goodness yeah um you know we've got uh what gdc going on shortly i think maybe this coming week uh so we'll have some you know game news hopefully we'll see the uh the confirmation of our suspicions on the uh the xbox live everywhere except playstation capability yep. in the next couple days uh, I saw um, Naughty America is apparently going to be at uh, GDC this year because <laughs> apparently they have to be everywhere now. Uh, we interviewed them at CES two years ago. I I interview I'm gonna I interviewed them at CES on the live show two years ago because uh, Danielle and I were trying to decide who was gonna 
have what time slot? And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to make you have that conversation. I'll take that one. <laughs> that seemed unfair. But so it looks like GDC is growing uh, this year. So we might see some really cool stuff announced over there. So we might be in for that next, like you said, that next wave of, of interesting stuff coming our way. So uh, have you... Have you gotten to sit in the chair yet? No, because I need help. Somebody to help at the office to help me uh, put it together. <gasps> I'm, I'm kind of not, you know, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't listen to this anyway. I'm kind of hoping that my coworker, Andrew, will, uh, you know, just see the box one day. And be like, you know, I got a couple hours. I'll put it together. <laughs> That's funny. You know, uh, That's funny. Because I just. It's time consuming. Oh. It's not the kind of like getting on my hands and knees and drilling and, and like drilling in screws is not the kind of thing I enjoy doing it. Well, I don't enjoy doing it, period, but particularly at work. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm hoping to to have some help <laughs> uh, putting it together. And we have more chairs coming, too. So, you know, well, I am I'm definitely looking forward to that because it's it's time for me to replace my chair in my office. And so I can't wait to see what you guys have to say about chairs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting in uh, a Noble chair. Noble makes some really uh, some really nice chairs. I got a chance to, mm-hmm. to sit in at Computex, and they're supposed to be sending me one. So Awesome. Uh, that, that's what I'm looking forward to because they have the lumbar support built in. Yeah. A lot of these gaming chairs uh, – just give you a pillow that you kind of adjust ah, yeah. for your lumbar support. And I prefer that be built in and not be this kind of pillow that uh-huh. has to be like elastic on. So, yeah. yeah, I agree on that. Um, the, the studio chairs have got a great lumbar support in them. And if it weren't for the fact that I'd be afraid that I'd tear up the armrests on these things in a pretty short period of time, I would, take one of these over to the office. <laughs> but anyway, um, that sounds that sounds great. I can't wait to see what you guys have to say. Uh, but for now, how about we get down to some news? This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new tablet, a laptop, a an Xbox One, either S or X, right now uh, you get a free select game plus a bonus code for Gears of War 4 when you buy an Xbox One. So that's two free games with your console. Uh, you can also save $200 on the Surface Book 2 which I so badly want to upgrade this one to a Surface Book 2. But there's a whole lot more. You've got got phones, and you've got uh, the the Samsung Galaxy series and a whole bunch of other stuff, VR headsets, AR headsets, all available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Before we get started, if too far, if you are listening live, I want to apologize because it seems like technology is absolutely fighting us tonight. Um, <laughs> what I'm hearing in my headset is not what you guys are hearing on the show, and it's not what 
will be heard on the final version. So if you're if you are suffering through live, we definitely appreciate it because this is all very strange tonight. Anyway, so let's get down to it. Uh, we know that cashless with a C A S H cashless with no no physical currency uh, is becoming more popular. Kind of the 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 pinnacle of that concept, of course, is is the Amazon Go, which is their their almost fully automated uh, convenience store, which is designed to be done almost without any employees. Obviously, there's tech support and things like that, and they're still in prototype mode, so there are physically people there. But the idea is you walk in, you pick up whatever it is that you want, you walk out, and on your way out, it charges your card. The end, uh, nothing more to it. Well, it's not just Amazon that's that's going cashless. There are a lot of stores that are doing it uh, for a number of reasons. One, if you don't have cash in the store, you don't have to worry about... Uh, you know, being robbed because there's nothing to take. Um, there's there's the fact that at no point do you run out of change for customers, which if you've ever worked in retail, running out of pennies or ones can, will just ruin your day because um, customers get mad taking quarters. And so, you know, there, there are all these things. So you got to run to the bank, which leaves one less person in the store. You know, there's all kinds of things that cash creates and so a lot of places are going cashless including uh here in town our um our baseball team uh just went uh cashless in the stadium so it's it's definitely something that that is gaining some steam but not everybody is happy about it the city of philadelphia actually passed a uh, a law through the city council this week that act that uh prevents city for uh, any store from operating within the city limits as a cashless store so that's an interesting move in the other direction obviously that means that amazon go will never come to philadelphia because it can't uh but it also means that you know small stores that are in places where they're afraid of getting robbed or you know whatever the whatever the reason to transition away from cash is uh isn't available to them uh, obviously, the reasoning is because of the unbanked, the the idea that, you know, somebody who's maybe lower income doesn't have access to banking or something like that. Um, but there are solutions out there for that. We interviewed a, a cool company at Collision this year that is specifically that for Latin America. Uh, so it seems like there are ways around that. And if they were really worried about the unbanked, wouldn't you think that they'd try to support something like that whether rather than saying we're staying where we are well look it's whatever the solution is for someone who's unbanked you're not going to have a perfect solution mm -hmm. uh that people are going to immediately sign up for that's true whether it's some type of a like you know cashless card that you have to have an account for there's an immediacy to cash yeah right true. and there's also an anonymity to cash, by the way. That's sure too. So, so cash maintains your privacy when you're buying things. I think we should all be aware of that as well. So I, I, you know, it may sound a luddite, but <laughs> I support, I support what they're doing because it gives people the option to remain anonymous when they're shopping, and for those who really can't, you know, can't can't bank for whatever reason poor credit, mm -hmm. whatever it is, um, there's, 
that you know that the option of cash is there now you could say well not every store is doing this you don't have to shop at amazon go but what but what happens when when all of your local grocery stores now do this and you have a hard time getting food or you know or consequently a lot of the things that they have for people who are cashless charge them money so now they've got to pay a fee on top of just they have to spend money just to spend money right so honestly i i'm kind of you know in agreement with uh with the law there because you're really trying to to make it so that people are not discriminated against based on their access to technology and even people who have the ability to get a credit card or an ATM card um, still uh, have the option to be anonymous. And considering all the places that were being tracked, uh, frankly, there's a lot of times where I would rather pay cash because I don't want every every little store having my having my my information. Okay, interesting. Um, I I am interestingly not not on the the side of the topic, but I'm. I'm totally the other way. I haven't carried cash with me anywhere in eons. Uh, I when somebody yeah. when somebody asks, "Have you got change?" Like uh, I'm like, "No, uh, not in years." <laughs> well, to be fair, lately I don't I don't carry a lot of cash with me, uh, but I it, but it's also somewhat purposeful. Like, hey, if I don't have it, I won't. Well. But then I'll end up buying stuff with a credit card if I need to. So, but <laughs> you know, but if I'm buying a pack of gum from the corner, literally the corner store for two dollars, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to give them my credit card number sure. and have them have that when they could very well have the number stolen from them. Sure, have a have a Target style POS hack. Yeah. Well, that's happening all the time. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, that's that's just the one that most people know of offhand but yeah that kind of stuff happens you know data is taken we talk about how often do we talk about data getting yanked from companies there was a 700 million email record uh hijacked just this week well i mean it wasn't a hijack they had it in the they had it in the in the public domain but that's a different issue i mean in in some ways cash is the most secure way to pay um you know in some ways yeah, it, 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 in some ways, because there's the whole security thing. On the other hand, it's it's also like a bearer bond. Whoever has it is the owner of it. So there's there's that that up and down uh, yep. situation. But yeah, yeah, I can uh, obviously I can totally totally appreciate that. It 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 makes sense. I think I think maybe the reaction like I, I can understand what it is they're doing here. Uh, it's it just seems like maybe the reaction is too early because it seems like not many places are doing this yet. I mean it's it's growing in popularity a little bit, but you know if if you've got two grocery stores around you, it seems like one of them's not going to do it so that they can steal the market share from the other one. But uh, but what if the one that does it, that does do it is the one that has better prices? Yeah, that's true. You know, or has the food that you want? So. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think also maybe the government has to stand up for legal tender as well. Like, you know, the government, I mean, granted, it's not the city that has to stand up. It would be more the federal government that would have to stand up and say, like, 
we have this cash over here. We have a mint that makes it, and we want, you know, we want retailers to respect the cash. <laughs> uh, you know, although, you know, not like they're going to force force companies to accept cash online. Like it's not like you're going to mail a mail a wad of money to Newegg and get a motherboard back or something. <laughs> although we did just talk about what last week or two weeks ago a site that allowed you to mail cash in for something so yeah yeah there's a vpn there's a vpn site that allows you to do it to remain anonymous and that's what that's why i say in some ways cash is the most secure that makes sense that's funny i until until someone picking up the mail sees the sees uh the money and (laughs) yeah exactly because again bearer bond whoever physically holds the note holds the value so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where this goes, the uh, the the clash between, you know, the increasingly digital world and the and the non cashless society. There's, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, Philadelphia is the first, but they're not the only ones talking about it. So my guess is over the next couple of months, we'll see more cities uh, at least have the conversation, if not actually implement something similar. Yeah. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Newegg. Whether you're building a new computer, upgrading an existing one, or buying a finished system, Newegg has everything you need to do that. Processors, motherboards, and uh, RAM and power supplies, and then also, you know, closed products like laptops and computer monitors and things like that. Um, And they've got daily deals right now. They've got a... uh, H- an Acer HD gaming monitor with one millisecond refresh and AMD FreeSync uh, for one nineteen. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, and to find out all of the daily deals that are available and to see all of the products that they offer, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash newegg. All right. So we've had talked... <laughs> on one topic a number of times since the beginning of the year <laughs> we're gonna break that that cycle tonight right Avram? yes we're not going to talk about raspberry pi but but for those of you who who feel really uh who 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 really miss it let's keep in mind that uh the 14th is coming up and that's pi day anyway um <laughs> so uh, I wanted to talk about about a new technology that was just announced this week. We will not be seeing it for a lo- for quite a while, but it is something that's very interesting. USB four. Yes, we are getting to USB four now, everyone. The uh, for those unaware, we are still the current standard, this current level of USB that is the standard, and none of them have come out yet. Is USB three point two. Uh, and the real advancement in USB 3.2 is that you can get um, USB 3.2 that uh, is dual channel and gives you 20 gigabit per second. That Devices like that we should see in 2019. USB 4, however, uh, the USB Promoter Group, which is the, group, the non-profit uh, group that comes out with the USB standard, uh, 
they are ta- they are talking about um, mid year they're going to release the spec and then companies that want to make devices based on USB 4 they want to make controllers they want to make you know they want to make peripherals they want to make docks they will have the spec and you got to figure it's going to take them you know a, a good year or more uh, after that 12 to 18 months maybe to come out with products so the best case scenario i think is you would see uh products mid to end of 2020 uh but even then my guess is it's going to be few and far between for a while i mean look how long it took for usb type c yeah. to become as popular as it is and still not as popular as it should be uh but good news is we do have a lot to look forward to and and we got a fair amount of information i got uh once this was announced last week i got on the phone with brad saunders who's the ceo of the usb promoter group uh talked to him for a while about what what their thinking is and and what the real benefits of usb4 are going to be so uh one thing to know about usb4 is that they've decided to spell it with creative spelling i however Uh-oh. will not give in to this creative spelling um They've decided to spell it USB four without a space between the B and the four. Um, of course. Whereas they did. every other every other USB is you know like a version number, and the reason that they're doing that is because they want to they don't want people to get caught up in the version numbers. They don't want it to be four point They don't want it to, to later come out with a four point one. They want to kind of steer the message toward like this. You know, users don't have to think about what version they're getting now. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that pans out in real life. What they told me is they still haven't come up with their marketing strategy yet. So they may USB four might not actually be the full marketing name. It might be something like, you know, super duper speed USB because <laughs> right now USB three is super speed USB. So USB three and one three one and three two are considered super speed USB, and that is what they would prefer people call USB three. But, uh, but we know that in, in real life, most people don't call it that. So they could, what are the benefits? They could call it ultra speed because 4K yeah. is ultra HD. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Although <laughs> uh, at work, we were saying the best name would be ludicrous speed. Because uh, anyway. then they could do the opposite of what, uh, what who was it? Uh, was it Lenovo had... Had uh, T Pain as their as their spokesperson, or Toshiba. Toshiba had T Pain as their as their spokesperson. They could have Ludicrous as the spokesperson for USB four. Yeah, Ludicrous Speed. Um, so the main benefits that that you will get from USB four is first of all, it can do up to forty gigabit per second maximum speed. Nice. So that makes it as fast as Thunderbolt three, which is kind of the, the fastest thing around these days means it's going to be good for really high speed things like using um, an external GPU, which I think, you know, external GPUs are, while well, sometimes some of the models are problematic, are really, really useful. If you've got an Ultrabook, really lightweight notebook, and it's got Thunderbolt 3 on it, you can, you know, you can take that, attach it to something with like a power, fairly powerful AMD or, or NVIDIA desktop card, and you could play games. Um, over that connection, so or render video, um, or render video. There's just so much uh, cool stuff you could do. Of course, 
you know, also with 40 gigabit per second, you could attach a really, really fast external SSD yeah. um, uh, and, and be able to keep up with it. Uh, the other thing it's going to do is it's going to actually be compatible with Thunderbolt 3 devices. Possibly. I should caveat that. If you saw the headlines uh, when this came out last Monday, it was, oh, it's compatible with Thunderbolt 3. Well, sort of. The manufacturers will have the option to make their Thunder to make their USB 4 ports compatible with Thunderbolt 3. Oh. Not the requirement to do so. So there we have something where I think, unfortunately, could lead to some uh, confusion. Yeah. Because... You know, when you're getting this, do you know whether you're getting the one that has that is Thunderbolt three compatible? Right. Presumably, presumably they will probably want to put a Thunderbolt logo on it or something. In which case, then it will have to go through certification with Intel, just like Thunderbolt does now. So mm, I don't know. Is that going to make it just as onerous as being making your own Thunderbolt three uh, port? I don't know. Um, the other thing that it does, which is something that I believe Thunderbolt 3 does also, is it uh, dynamically Alex splits resources between video and data. So oh. if you want, if you are, one thing you can do with, uh, one thing you can do with USB 4 is you can send both data and, and, and say a HDMI or display link video signal over the same, over the same wire. And if the display uh, display port uh, signal signal for your monitor only needs like 20% of the bandwidth, it'll give the other 80% of the bandwidth to that external SSD you're copying something to that's linked through the same hub. But this now this is an improvement over what we have today because today we have something called USB alternate alternative mode and USB alternative mode. Yes, you can output. To display to a DisplayPort monitor or an HDMI monitor uh, from your uh, from a USB Type C cable, uh, but but uh, it doesn't do a good job of allocating dynamically allocating those resources. If it's going over DisplayPort, uh, according to what I heard from USB uh, promoter group, is DisplayPort is a 50-50 split of of data versus you know data versus video. Uh, if you have HDMI, you can only use HDMI in alternate mode. You can't use both HDMI and data at the same time. So uh, this is going to allow the uh, allow the the port to be really smart and decide how much allocation to give to data transfer and how much to video. Um, nice. Other things to know about about this is that it is going to use USB Type C ports only. Forget about um, using a type a port or a micro b or something okay. uh, it's going to come in three speeds 10 20 and 40 um, and it's of course going to be backward compatible with older devices like usb is famous for so you if you've got an old you know hard drive and you can use an adapter you can plug it to usb4 and you can get a connection and it will work at the lowest common speed between sure. uh, the new port and the old one um but keep in mind, uh, this probably isn't going to come for quite some time. Um, and it is also going to be more expensive for manufacturers to include than, US, than current USB 3.1, 3.2. So, you know, we expect that the first devices to have it will be premium devices. Yeah. That, 
That sounds reasonable. Uh, obviously, anytime new technology comes about, especially when we're talking new ports, it almost never comes to the the consumer grade, the the standard grade product. It first, it usually starts at the the upper grade. But the really good news about this is that it kind of democratizes something that Thunderbolt 3 has been doing for a while, which is providing a really fast connection that's 40 gigabit per second. So now you could totally see, for example, there's no AMD AMD powered system that has Thunderbolt in it. You know, I, I don't know if it's physically impossible or you could do it with an add-on chip, but you don't find AMD systems with Thunderbolt in them. In fact, you find very few, even very few desktops that have Thunderbolt 3 in there, yeah. uh, even Intel ones. Uh, so this hopefully is a bit cheaper than implementing Thunderbolt. It's more platform agnostic. So company, so like an AMD will feel comfortable, uh, you know, supporting it. And, uh, you know, so we'll see more, you know, more, better adoption than we see with Thunderbolt because it's not tied to one company, to one platform in Intel. Yeah, that that's good. Obviously, you know, for for both Intel and AMD, it would be probably feel a little strange to have an AMD processor and then have an Intel powered port on it. That's so for the manufacturers to get involved in that. Yeah, I can see why there's not AMD <laughs> powered machines with with Thunderbolt in them. But yeah, this this brings the speed and the capability to the general the uh the general case, which is good. So you said yep. you said we might start to see these late next year? Yeah, yeah. So don't hold your breath, but <laughs> it is it is interesting to know, right? Yeah. Um, so something to keep an eye out for i certainly wouldn't wait to buy wait hold delay any purchases to wait for this. that's what i was just going to say this this falls into your category of don't wait for it if if you need a laptop yeah. just do it oh yeah listen you're not going to see laptops with this for a very long time and even when you do this peripheral support will not be well i guess yeah. if you support thunderbolt 3 then at least you're getting thunderbolt 3 but if you want that kind of connectivity today, you can get that 40 gigabit per second if you buy a laptop that has Thunderbolt 3 in it. So, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think, you know, it's going to be cool for the industry f over time to watch it, uh, to watch it be adopted, which I hope it will be. Uh, but it's it doesn't not going to have a great immediate impact on the users. Yeah, it, it'll be I, I think in particular, like for me, the. Uh the smart switching capability versus like it's like the old days, right? The difference between a USB hub and a USB switch <laughs> or the difference between yep. an Ethernet hub and an Ethernet switch. Uh, a hub gave you 50-50 versus a switch that was able to smart allocate. And so we're talking about yeah. the actual video versus data connection being being smart allocation, which I love. So uh, you've got information on this, right? Yes. So visit tomshardware.com and you can see our uh, USB 4 everything you need to know uh, article, which I wrote. Very cool. And I will, I will point out, I said it to you off air and I'll say it again now. I loved the uh, social media post I saw earlier that said, uh, uh, we don't know everything, but here's 2,000 words about what we do know. 
Yes, I'll give credit to our, our social media guy, Kenneth, uh, who is just a great guy. And he asked me, he said, how many words is this? So I counted. It was like 1,990-something. It's like, let's say 2,000. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I saw that, and I, yeah. I laughed. I'm like, that that's a good share right there. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a win. Well, uh, as always, Avram, thank you for uh, bringing us information on uh, the insides of the computers. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Uh, up your game uh, with the accessories for both PC and for uh, console, uh, all from Razer. Whether you're looking for a, a great headset like the Razer Kraken Tournament Edition, which is $20 off right now, you're looking for a great keyboard like the, the Black Widow X Chroma Mercury Edition, which is $40 off right now, or maybe you're looking for a complete computer system, a whole laptop, and the Razer Blade 15 Advanced is $400 off right now and comes with their portal Wi-Fi router. Um, and it's, there's more models than that uh, that that's available on. And to find all the deals that are running right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash Razer. All right. So... Uh, we talked last year at the end of the year, uh, November, I believe, about Sony making the decision not to have a press conference at E3. Uh, and that, that marked essentially the second company, because we can assume that Nintendo also will not have a press conference because they do almost all of their stuff since 2013 uh, via live streams. It's what Sony's going to do. And this week, Electronic Arts announced that they will be joining uh, those two companies and also not holding a press conference at E3 2019. Uh, instead, uh, obviously, E3, uh, EA will be doing a, a number of live streams throughout the week, similar to the Nintendo Treehouse. And um, they will be focusing on their EA Play uh, fan festival that happens in LA during E3, um, but is not officially attached and is not a press conference. It is a hands-on uh, festival for fans who happen to be in the area or have come to the area to experience it. And you know, we talked in November, Avram, that this this is becoming more and more of a trend, not just with E3, but you know these big conglomerate conventions in general we're seeing uh we're seeing some of the big guys start pulling back from that and holding their own events ea did it you know just recently with apex legends they did not announce that during a conference they didn't wait until a conference that thing they said hey we're doing this thing here it is enjoy and, and it it was entirely ea we see microsoft do it we apple does it google does it facebook does it um so you know i know we talked earlier that gdc is starting to see a bit of a pickup but 
that may just be the time of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do Do you think that? Do you think that the big, the big splashy, press conferences are are starting to. To get stepped back from. I think it's been going on for a while. Yeah. When you look at CES yeah. and everything like that, larger companies like even Microsoft was, I think. Mm-hmm didn't want to make any announcements this year's show uh you know no one has seen um i mean it's definitely you see fewer and fewer large companies uh using the show to make big announcements on the other hand we did have a few at ces i mean some pretty major stuff from amd uh, yeah and we always we always see samsung and lg make make big splashy presentations uh yeah. At at CES, but we used to see I mean, the show get kicked off with Microsoft, and you know they left a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean it's a shame because you like the industry really benefits. Consumers benefit. Everybody except maybe the large companies. Who knows? I think they benefit too from having some flagship ship companies participate. You know, you don't have a, a great mall without an anchor store, right? And if you, yeah. it's really bad for a show like E3 if all the if the major players are skipping it because then the smaller companies they pro, that you know people wouldn't go to see that wouldn't get a lot of attention the show wouldn't yeah. exist just for them right um, people wouldn't attend the show just for them right like like are, NC so- NC is a great example right they're a they're a fairly Fairly large publisher. Most people have encountered a game that comes out of NCSoft at, at some point in their gaming career, but they're unlikely to be able to draw a press crowd on their own. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, you know, to get back to the CES analogy, which I know better because I've not been to E3, but I obviously know what goes on there. The, like all those wonderful little companies that we saw in Eureka park uh-huh. that, you know, all the little startups, yeah. you know, I mean, frankly, I would go just to see them uh-huh. cause they, cause they're more interesting a lot of the time, but you know, if the show wasn't there, they wouldn't really have a, that same type of platform for reaching people. Right. Uh, but you know, the Sony's of the world and the uh, Samsung's of the world and, and you know, Nintendo of the, of the world, um, you know, they can afford to put on their own press events. Right. Uh, they can afford to 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 snub the shows because you know they can afford to do their own thing. So uh, you know, I have no idea the politics behind the scenes, but if I were the people who run E3, I would do everything in my power to make it uh, pleasant for some of these um, these larger yeah. companies to participate, even if it means like you know, cutting them some kind of sweet deal or, or something on, on booth space or, or whatever it is, just so that the show remains relevant. Yeah. Now, now it's important to note that to the best of our public knowledge, none of these companies have pulled out of E3 itself, just that none of them are hosting uh, pre E3 press conferences. Um, now, at least not, in a the- in a giant theater in L.A., I think in this particular case, 
what Nintendo discovered in 2013 and what the other companies are starting to discover is, you know, the the announcements that happen in the room, the press conferences are live streamed uh, by E3 and others anyway. Um, so it's not like the breaking news happens by the people in the room. The people who are truly interested are watching the live stream anyway, which they're still going to do. They're just not going to do it in a in the Staples Center or, you know, I, I use... I use that as an example. The Nokia Theater, we'll use that one as an example. That's where Microsoft usually does theirs. Um, uh, obviously, it's not called that anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's probably called the Microsoft Theater now, huh? Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah the, it's just the, the press conferences aren't happening live in L.A. They're starting to happen from HQ where, you know, the, the message can be controlled a little better. The, there's no audience to deal with and you know if if you or i wanted to to watch the press conference and and write about it at the end we could still do that so i i think that is is really the situation here i think that the especially the three i think that the companies are starting to discover that these big press events don't have the return that they once had it's not like it's not like g4 is set up in there with a a big live production crew and they're going to interview the president of sony as soon as (laughs) as soon as they come off stage you know that that stuff doesn't so much happen anymore and they don't give us any hands-on until the show starts so i i think that's what's happening at e3 personally but none of none of them are pulling out of the the convention, the actual event will still have a big... I mean, Nintendo had possibly their biggest presence in years last year on the show floor, but, you know, didn't do anything in L.A. for the press. So, it'll definitely be interesting to see how how E3, like you said, how E3 deals with this transition uh, over time. Because they'll have to. They'll have to deal with it. It's just how they'll deal with it will be interesting. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is probably powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From Hollywood blockbusters to B-movie oddities, uh, they've got it all, including The Girl from Rio, which appears to be some sort of terrible James Bond ripoff. Uh, The way it usually works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to live, and laugh. Uh, they do every year try to do some live events, and uh, they are doing a Kickstarter right now for the Giant Spider Invasion, Star Raiders, and uh, it makes me laugh every time. Octoman, which is some sort of a underwater dog demon. I don't know what it is. Anyway, to find out about the live events and to find out the uh, the feature films and the short films that they have available. You can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. 
seriously, this this Octoman scares me every time I see it. All right. Um, so, <laughs> I don't even know how to transition into this one. Um, an interesting pitch was made this week. Let's, let's go with that. Uh, by uh, Democratic presidential candidate uh, Elizabeth Warren that Amazon, Google, and Facebook are are too big and should be broken up. Uh, and in particular, that the platform and the implementation should not be one and the same, which is an interesting idea. Um, essentially, the idea that that you know Amazon's website running on AWS is inappropriate, and somehow even called out the idea of Amazon Basics being uh, inappropriate despite the fact that every retailer has a white label brand. Um, she even, uh, she called out uh, Google Search and Google AdSense, which if you were to separate the advertising business from the search, I can guarantee, like if Google was forced to pull search and advertising apart, search would be gone by Friday. That... <laughs> Because it doesn't generate anything without AdSense. So, it, it's to me, it seems like a really strange pitch, especially coming from, from a Democratic candidate who, you know, the, the, the big tech, the Valley, has put a lot of money into Democratic candidates in the last number of elections. It seems like a weird group to alienate, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think I haven't gone through and looked at who's donating to who, but I think a lot of companies donate to to in any given election. They donate to both candidates so that they can be uh, catered to no matter who wins. True. Uh, so I think so. First of all. I, I agree that her proposal is, is not realistic whatsoever. Uh, but I think what she's the underlying problem that she's trying to get at is anti-competitive behavior. Now, I'm not really aware of any serious of serious anti-competitive behavior around some of these things, but the potential for anti-competitive behavior is very strong. Like if Amazon basics were really, really good, <laughs> you know, then then there would be a problem right? Sure. because Amazon is now more than a store. It's a platform. Mm -hmm. It's a marketplace. So they have such immense power that if Amazon decided, hey, I'm not going to, you know, whatever products they carry or don't carry, you know, things like that, they make, uh, you know, if, if Amazon Basics was was like top notch right. and competing with everybody else. Uh, then there, then there might be a problem for you know. Well, you know what? It would be a problem if somehow in the search on Amazon and the promotion on Amazon, uh, you know, if it's a platform, then there really has to be some degree of agnostic behavior. Sure. So like, like Microsoft got got in trouble for this with Internet Explorer. Yeah. 
and Google's gotten in trouble with it with Google search uh, promoting YouTube videos and search results over other videos that had a more relevant uh, uh, search value. I mean, for example, I I I'm, I question why uh, you know why Google. I mean, I I know what the ostensible reason for it is, but like Google AMP is 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 somewhat somewhat anti competitive, right? Because Google AMP, uh, you know, I mean, like it's really good quality, it's really good stuff, but you have to, you get better search rankings if you're in Google AMP, I think, and Google AMP has carries fewer ads for you, so you know you're in order to place well in Google, you have to have the web page meet Google what Google considers good and what Google cons- maybe considers better is a page that's made to their format. Right. And, right. And for, so, for those who don't know, uh, Google AMP is the accelerated mobile pages project, right? Right. So like, you know, on the, on the one hand, it's a, those AMP pages are generally a better experience for people. On the other hand, there's Google using its competitive, it's, it's, kind of monopoly power over search to say here's what we want web pages to look like on mobile and you don't have to play along but you're not going to really get much traffic if you don't sure so um so i think the way that i think that there's i i don't think that the concern is invalid i think that what these things need to be addressed uh through through some of the existing uh antitrust laws yeah uh and they need to be looking rather than I mean, I get it. If you broke up one thing from another thing, uh, you might you would have less potential for antitrust violation. But at the same time, these companies have a right to do this. They have a right to be in there and compete. Right. I think the thing that people want to make sure is that it's an, a level playing field uh, when you when they are controlling a broad platform like Google search or AWS sure. or Amazon store uh, that they are not. They can make their own services, but they should not be doing things that give their service an unfair advantage uh, over other competing services. And it's hard not for them not to do that. Right, right. Because obviously they can like to to use Google as an example, uh, because it's it's one that I think people understand probably the best. Uh, Google knows how their algorithm works for search. And can optimize content to be indexed into their own engine better, which means that by nature, uh, the the Google powered results will always have a higher than than accurate, you know, a higher than average uh, search result value because they know how their algorithm works and they're very protective of that, right? Nobody exactly knows how it works except for Google. Uh, yeah, like like the worst thing in the world that could happen to media is if, let's say, Google decided that they wanted to be a media company. Uh-huh. Like that would be a really serious problem. Yeah, because if Google decided, let's say, that they want to be a a provider of like news and news, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Uh, wait a second. You know, now. We now they're at an unfair advantage right. because who's going to come up higher in Google News? Right. Me or 
or Google's own brand. Right. It's a good. Th- it's good that they've stayed out of right. it. Right. Like if now, like if Google had purchased CNN instead of AT and T. Right. Exactly. Imagine that situation. Right. Like that's kind of scary. At the same time, they're these guys are not alone. I mean, there's, you know, NBC, Comcast owns NBC, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Verizon bought a bunch of content sites like, you know, Yahoo of course I'm in content. So I, so I, so I think about, about that right. side of it a lot, sure. but so there's the potential for, for, you know, companies taking unfair advantage, uh, which creates, which creates real problems. And, you know, you do need people to enforce some rules of the road or else, or else you're going to have like three companies left. Sure. And and I don't think that's good for anybody. But at the same time, to kind of tell companies how they can and can't innovate is right. is is a real problem. So and, and the idea that I don't think they should do nothing. I just think this is the wrong solution. Right. And the the idea that um the the pitch included uh what was her term unrolling? I think it was unrolling. Um, previously approved mergers, like uh, removing Instagram and WhatsApp from Facebook, uh, making Google get rid of Waze. <laughs> yeah, that's look. None of that's ever gonna happen. No, of course okay? not. None of it's none of it's ever gonna happen because let's even let's say you know even let's say that she won she won she went into office and she wanted to do this like. Those companies have such broad, you know, tentacles and like any large company, they have a lot of, you know, there's a, I don't think that would go anywhere in, in, in the Congress. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, it just seems, it seems like a strange demographic to go after at, at, I don't know. It, it seems like one of those pitches that, that you make when you're trying to distract from, some other crazy thing, which who knows? I mean, you know, she's got the whole Native American fraud thing uh, around her, and I you mean, know, there. But who who knows what the actual goal here was? Because it doesn't seem like like this pitch was intended to get people on her. I mean, excited. I maybe know. that's maybe that's just how she feels. Maybe and, you know, I appreciate people being honest, even if what they have to say isn't necessarily popular sure. and, or necessarily a good sure. idea. Yeah, uh, an, you an know, authentic person is definitely better than an inauthentic person. So you know, yes, you're right. This isn't. I don't necessarily think this is a good calculation. I don't think that there's a very big contingency of people who want to see uh, Google broken up into different companies. Uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, Although you might, you might score a couple of points right now, uh, suggesting that Google, uh, unroll the nest purchase. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little call back to what last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yes, a lot of these companies are doing, are doing things that are abusing their market position and the way to deal with it isn't necessarily through breaking up companies. Right. It's through, it's through enforcing it's through enforcing existing yeah. antitrust regulations or or if you feel that they're not adequate enforcing new ones like you know yeah some of the crazy privacy violations that have been going sure, on yeah. uh, at, at at various at various companies yeah. like not just those three yes those should be enforced yeah. like those should be 
And I don't know what the legal penalties on the books are now. Right. Maybe there need to be some new laws to put some teeth into people's privacy, mm-hmm. right to privacy. Yeah, quite quite possibly. But, you know. There, but this isn't going to do no, that. No, this isn't going to do that because, first, like you said, there's no way uh, there's no way it gets through. Second, there's no way that Instagram gets unrolled out of Facebook without the platform collapsing out from under itself because it hasn't existed so low for so long that it doesn't survive solo, I think. And it's so like intertwined with Facebook today. It would take it would take an entire presidency to try and pull that apart. You know what I it's it's not gonna happen. And then okay. it's just And it's, then we I, didn't it, we learn our lesson with with the Bells? Wasn't the idea that breaking up Bell was gonna make all the little ones more more successful and in the end weren't they all didn't they all collapse and get bought by by either Verizon or SBC I mean, I you know I don't totally understand the history of of that I've read things going both ways on that you know some saying that it, it spurred some innovation others saying that you know what you're saying which is that those companies couldn't survive on their own I you know I I don't I don't know the um, I don't think we've had a problem with innovation in the in the communication space since that time. So I, I you think know, whether it I was think whether the national standard rollout for cellular was was hindered by it a small amount, um, but not that much. I mean, you know, we had little regional networks that all sprouted up, and they sprouted up in analog. They sprouted up on different frequencies because you know Bell South owned these frequencies here which meant that your phone didn't necessarily work if you went to went to new york and you know there were there were oddities that happened there that probably cost more to make the original handsets but i don't think it i now you know you could always argue that 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 challenge is the reason why we have phones that can you know the iphone can do cdma and uh, gsm at the same time you know that challenge 30 years ago may be the reason why it was so easy to do today. Uh, so, you know, who knows what the actual end result <laughs> of all yeah, that is. I, I think, it, I think it's hard to go back and, yeah. to go back and, and judge, judge how yeah. that, how that worked. The out. only, the only thing that we can say is that none of those companies exist today. They all got swallowed up by somebody else with bell South being the, the last one when, uh, singular got swallowed up by SBC. How many comp- how many telecommunication companies that existed 10 years ago exist today? Verizon. Sprint. I, okay, yeah, the ones that still do. Yeah, I mean that's you know, it, even but how many that how many that existed don't exist? Right. 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 There's there's all kinds of like little regional ones that couldn't survive on their own and today are are brought back into a conglomerate but there's there's more than one today that and i think that's the you know the the yeah. end result of that that breakup was net today there's at&t there's verizon there's t-mobile there's sprint which it was just the bells at the time or the bell at the time anyway yeah i'm, I'm with you i don't think this ever actually happens i think it's just a very strange pitch that gave us an interesting topic to talk about for a little while tonight yep <laughs>
This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. <laughs> uh, timing on that's pretty wonderful. Anyway, uh, you know your basic benefits, but what you may not know is that there are a bunch of other benefits that you get for being a Prime subscriber. Amazon Prime Music gives you several million tracks available as part of your subscription. Uh, Avram's favorite, which is Amazon Prime Video, which uh, they've got TV, movies, documentaries, original content, licensed content, even some of the HBO back catalog is available as part of your subscription. My favorite, which is Twitch Prime, uh, you get one free Twitch subscription uh, per month, which you can use to subscribe to Plug Hits Live or any of your other favorite channels. Uh, but you also get free games similar to Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Twitch Prime gives you free games every month, and those games are yours to play, yours to keep. Uh, if you've never tried these, we've got a, a great guide on these and some of our other uh, favorite features with quick links to get to them. And if you're not currently a Prime subscriber, we've got a 30-day free trial available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. I'm not going to lie. I use the quick link to get to the Prime video myself all the time because that is not the most intuitive <laughs> part of their site to get to. Speaking of streaming services... <laughs> Let's talk Disney Plus. Uh, we know that it's coming. Uh, we've gotten some some details on it, including its name, very recently. Uh, actually, almost exactly a month ago, we got the name of the service. Uh, we know that it's not just going to be Disney content. It's also going to have licensed content. But we're constantly learning new stuff. And because of a investor meeting this week, we learned that the entire Disney back catalog will be available to stream through Disney Plus, which means the end of the Disney vault process. No longer do you have to wait seven years between releases. Uh, if you do not already own the film, you don't have to wait seven years between releases to see your favorite uh, Disney classics. They will all be available through Disney Plus all the time. So that's a I think there is their their selling feature. Yeah, yeah, I mean I can't really question. Of course the idea of a quote unquote vault seems kind of outdated in the uh, age of streaming. Sure, anyway. sure. Uh, now it's kind of dependent on physical media, isn't it? Yeah. And and it it absolutely has everything to do with physical media. It the vault is where they in the real world, there is a physical vault where they keep the the original uh, content, um, and then you know, cutting room floor stuff enough for them to do like twenty full Fantasias. But that's, uh, but the idea that you know a movie comes out on Blu-ray and then goes away for seven years and then comes back, I I have no idea how this is going to affect the physical media process, if they will continue that process, or if just on a Tuesday, if you can go buy uh, Frozen. I I have no idea <laughs> if this is going to but, affect the purchases, but it it will mean that, that all films are available all the time, which will definitely be a change for them. Well, forgive my ignorance of DVD release policies, but... Even if they say something is released every seven years, 
do they force Best Buy to take the copies off the shelf after a certain amount of time? Or is it just that whenever they sell out of it, they sell they out of it? They print a limited number, and when they're sold out, they're gone. Yeah, so I guess the question is, if the, the scarcity principle there only applies if they yeah. only applies if the demand is so great yeah. True. Uh, for these Blu-rays or DVDs True. that 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 they're off the shelf because i bet you i could go into best buy and find ones that came out to you know were issued two or three years ago and still could there. be yeah so yeah for sure um but you're not gonna you're probably not gonna find cinderella you know so so some of them some of them there's a there'll be a legitimate scarcity it would be it would be dependent on which film it is i guess now, is there a list of what films are "quote unquote" in the vault? Do they take new movies that they make now and put them in the yes. vaults, considering that they're filmed digitally? It depends on, it depends on what the, what the thing is like. If it's if it's an actual one of the Disney animated classics, um, it will it will definitely apply to that that seven year cycle. I don't know if they've just got like a a server farm that's now in the vault as well. In, <laughs> in the physical vault. Yeah, like, I saw an article maybe a week or two ago come across my feed where somebody was actually um, like given a tour of the vault. Um, yeah, see, I would love to see that. Right? I got some friends at Disney. Maybe I can, uh, maybe I can talk them into I mean, it. <laughs> at the very least, they should like, I don't know. They should put up a video of, of what it's like inside or right. something. Right. I didn't look you at know? the details of that article. There might have been like pictures and stuff from inside. I'm gonna have to go find it now. Now yeah. that now I, that they're closing the virtual vault with this streaming thing, my guess is finding that article's gonna be harder. Yeah, I mean so I guess that's I guess that's good news, you know, that you could get your, your Disney mm-hmm. stuff. Um it means that they're going to seed it with a lot of content from day one, which, which well, was one of the things that we were a little concerned about was what was day one content going to look like? Because you know, there's some stuff that is still under contract with Netflix. There's some stuff that's still under contract with Hulu. What, you know, what is going to be available? And Disney has just said lots of content. Well, it's not like they have any shortage. That's right? for sure. They own, talk you know, talk about a powerful mm-hmm. company, uh, you know, Disney. Disney owns uh, a ridiculous amount of stuff. Ch- but you if know. you just look at at Marvel and Lucas, they own a ridiculous amount of stuff. When you add in Pixar, it gets even bigger, and that's not taking into account anything with the actual castle on it. Yeah. Now the now the now the funny question is: Would it be anti? Would it be considered anti-competitive, antitrust, if they acquired Star Trek? You know, because <laughs> then you have Star Wars and Star Trek, and uh, owned by the same company. Well, I think the Earth would explode. J- it would be like DC buying Marvel or something. JJ Abrams worked on both of them, so I... <laughs> right. There's yeah. there's already a theoretical canonical link between them with abrams being involved in both it'd be like mcdonald's buying burger king Um, (laughs) oh that would either be good for burger king or bad for mcdonald's anyway yeah (laughs) so long as burger king's nonsense didn't evaporate into mcdonald's anyway uh (laughs) it 
So obviously there's still questions. We don't know when the when it'll be released, though he did say in the meeting later this year. So that does put it in 2019, which was our guess. Um, we don't have a price. We don't, ha- you know, none of the important stuff is available yet. But but it is starting to take shape. Um, so I guess we will see as the year progresses. Yeah, I mean, there's so many streaming services now. It's getting to the point where that just might be a significant portion of someone's income. Uh-huh, yeah. It sure feels like, that way, doesn't maybe, it? Maybe you should, you know, you know, maybe your maybe your ideal, maybe living your best life is you have you have your your mortgage paid off or someone else someone someone else in your family is paying for it. Someone else buys your food, you get everything covered in your health insurance. And you just, but even if all those things were were done for you, you would still have to work just to pay the streaming bills. Um, yeah, because yeah. I mean, just right today, there's a surprising collection, and we know that you know AT and T's got another one coming, and Disney Plus is coming, and oh, so much stuff. I mean, there's so many streaming services now, and so many that I would like to subscribe to. Like I would really like to and probably at some point we'll try uh dc uh-huh, universe yeah. you know so we'll give them a little they, bit of time so, to uh to get their catalog built up a little yeah. bit <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. um so so yeah there's uh there's going to be a lot of incentive and then of course Remember, I mean, I think they had me at the Mandalorian anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live and suffered through the very strange technical difficulties that we're experiencing tonight. I don't know what's going on, but if you're listening uh, to the recording, you will probably be wondering what I'm talking about because hopefully everything will sound normal. Um, uh, Next week, we will be in Orlando for the first robotics competition, Orlando Regional. So it is very unlikely that the studio will be built back up in time for a show Sunday night. So instead, feel free to join us on uh, the exact same link that you normally go to. you, know, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us and uh, you'll be able to follow along on Saturday afternoon starting at probably about 1pm you'll be able to follow our live broadcast from the Orlando Regional uh, and um, coming up next month I don't know exactly what it's going to look like uh, I'm working on it right now um, I will be at the first world championship in Houston and uh, I'm going to try and figure out how to do some sort of a first looks from the world championship. I don't know. Again, I don't know what it'll look like, but uh, we'll work, work our best to have uh, something going on there. Uh, if, if you are interested in first, and uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, uh, the team that we are involved with, the Team Duct Tape, is uh, going to the world championship for the first time in a very long time, and the nonprofit organization that supports them is looking for some help. And if you've got 
a couple of dollars that you'd like to throw uh, their way to help some really bright engineers get to the world championship. Uh, they're on GoFundMe under Team Duct Tape. Uh, so go check that out. And I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm and Abram. we will see you guys back for first looks next week. And then uh, F5 Live the week after. Ciao.